Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Well, it's another edition of the Blue White Breakdown, and we've got another special guest. We've been having heavy hitters on here. Brett McMurphy two weeks ago, Dennis Dodd last week, and this week live from Los Angeles from the media room at the U.S. Open, Brendan Quinn from The Athletic. Brendan, it's raining here, which is really, really good because it didn't rain for six and a half weeks, but it never rains in Mm -hmm. Southern California. What's it like? What's the course like? Nothing like 2018, I hope. No, the course is unreal. Um, You know, this is the... One of the big stories this week is, you know, L.A. Country Club opening its doors. It's this classic, highly private, very complicated history of, you know, kind of like Augusta, right? It's this place that's like representative of like the best parts of golf and then all the worst parts. The super golf. rich is what you're yeah. talking about. That's Beverly Hills. It's super it's, rich, you know, misogyny, racism, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and then at the same time, you you, you walk this golf course. And your your head is just spinning at the topography, the the creativity of the design. You know, I've I've walked all eighteen by now. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, and the thing that strikes me the most is these diving hills and these sweeping kind of fairways that go from right to left that you don't even know how you would hold it. Like there are a lot of holes where you're looking at them, you say, I don't even know where you could place the ball to hold the fairway and things like that, and some of some of the possibilities oh, as, of, of, of pin, as, of pin as, positions. As my old yeah. buddy Roxanne Moses said for me to me when I was I was disparaging women's basketball one time, she just interrupted in the office and said, Dave, yeah. Dave, it's not for you. And I'm thinking this course is probably not for the average chat. Oh, what kind of what kind no. of golf are you? You're a pretty good golfer, right? You're decent. What are you? I'm like a right now, I'm about a 12. I've been as low as you know, seven, eight, but my 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 back and my age and living in Michigan are it's a bad combination for you know keeping a sustained yes. level of play. So get uh, out of Michigan, yeah. yeah. No place I mean, to I, I I would love the challenge. I would love to come out here, you know, see what number would would go up. But it really wouldn't matter, you know. It's just the, the opportunity to be out here and see a place that um, has been so kind of reclusive. Really, it's got like a it's even like more closed up and than than in Augusta and like a like a Pine Valley, it's really, really um, yeah. when I shut off up, from the rest of the world. When I grew up in Columbus, there was a place like that where it, that was very exclusive, and they tried to make it that way. It was not Muirfield. It was called the Golf Club. It was super, mm. super exclusive. 
and it was invitation only, like this place, mm-hmm. which sounds funny in northeastern Columbus, Ohio, but yeah. that's what they were trying to promote because, it, you know, the super rich love that kind of stuff. Anyway, this is yeah. what I wanted to ask you. More and more, I just feel like these guys, and this is true in a lot of sports, but especially in golf. When I grew up, it was Arnie and Trevino and guys who may not have been accessible, but they came from modest means and they looked accessible. When I look at Brooks Kepka, I just, and maybe I'm wrong, you tell me if I'm wrong, I just see a pampered, petulant kind of self-satisfied doofus mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. just basically a simpleton and has nothing to say and acts like that's okay. He reminds me of a you know, Letterman used to see that say there were there were guests who didn't try that just mm-hmm. took him off more than anything else. Brooks Kepka reminds me of one of those guys. So, so tell me I'm wrong. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's his personality. Yes. You know, I, I think he's probably a, little, a touch smarter than people give him credit for. But that's the reason that we don't give him credit for is, is because he he actively wants to be seen as the person that you are describing that he is this you know he wants to be a jock you know he's too cool to be a golfer in his mind and that's always been the case but the thing is like work-wise though as a as a player he, he likes to act like he doesn't try that's the whole that's his whole shtick but like you know he cares immensely about winning majors i think he's an unbelievable competitor his arrogance is a tool of kind of, I don't know if it's like an ambivalence of like of just how he kind of is able to to model himself versus like the common structure of golf that like he just sees himself as like disassociated from it. Well, you know, I, and that, that he's it, just out there to win these events. Do you think that's good for the game? I mean, even Jack, Jack and I, Jack and I went to the same high school, and uh-huh. Jack would not be. I, I can't think of a guy who's had more access to more places and people and has less to say than Jack Nicholas. He's just basically a simpleton. But even Jack tried to mm. promote the game. He tried to promote golf and 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 tried to be as accessible as his personality allowed him to be. This guy just looks like he's obtuse all the time. And I don't think that's mm. good for the game. And I think the game needs... Somebody like Trevino, I'm not asking for the world, but somebody who's got a personality that's out there that's fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I think like a me personally, like I don't, I don't care particularly about you know players' responsibilities of promoting the game. Like I'm just so, I just think that is like so far gone in this era of golf. All of these men, um, and on the women's side, a lot of these women are just they're they're all individual businesses. Okay. And they operate with six people, seven people around them at all Mm -hmm. times, from trainers to swing coaches to agents to publicists. And they all tell them that they're the greatest in the world. And they all tell them that they're special. And they have basically had that since they were teenagers. And like these are the people that we're dealing with. So, like, there is no real world of creating this character that you're talking about. You know, bootstrapping. I'm out here for the good of of the game. Like that is just not happening. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like it's, it's just it just doesn't exist in this era. So you know, I think there's there's guys who are who want to talk about you know doing the right thing and all that, and that's well and good. And you know, um, I don't think everyone here is a bad person by any means. I think a lot of them are are 
interesting in her own way. You know, I find John Rahm to be an extremely interesting person. You know, Patrick Cantlay comes off a certain way, but if you have like a private conversation with Patrick Cantlay that he's engaged in, it's a pretty smart dude. And he can be really interesting, but he just comes off as an absolute wet blanket in person because of his face looks like it's kind of melting off and he, you know, just looks tired at all times. But he's an interesting guy sometimes. Um, I guess I guess I'm asking for Michael Block, and that was what was so fun about Michael Block, you know. Hmm. Well, you know, maybe maybe a qualifier will be in the top ten for you. There's a new there's an Uber driver playing in this tournament this week. You know, oh, it is the beauty us. of the U.S. Open is that it is open, and you, you know, if you get your game together, Dave, you can come qualify next year. So we can, we can play at Pinehurst. Could could we have a Roy McAvoy anymore? Is that even possible? Was it ever possible? Was it just a a story, a Ron Shelton story? Yeah, I don't I don't really see that happening. Where do you see this tour now as far as its future? Now that uh Liv and PJ are together, what do you, what do you see happening? Do you see the growth of the game? All these guys are talking about I just want to grow the game and this what do you think? You know, the the PGA Tour in and of itself is still at, you know for the, the the immediate future and probably beyond that. It's still going to basically function as what we know it to be. It is its own kind of entity in this. You know, the the when a lot of people have, I, I feel like a lot of people are very confused about what's actually going on business wise in this recent deal and the formation and the, the agreement between the public investment fund and the PGA Tour. Um, you know, they're they're creating a new entity, and they're all it's going to be a shared. They're sharing kind of commercial interest, and that's what the Saudi money is going into about. Two to three billion from the public investment fund is going into that, and that'll kind of house the commercial businesses of the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and what is and may soon no longer be Live Golf. I don't think Live survives this. Uh, there's gonna be some road back for for those players. I think it's going to be a not pleasant one for them, but I do think that will that will play out that way. And the tour itself is going to, I think, become more global. I think the lesson was learned of, you know, giving proper attention to Australia, that there should be an Australian swing. And I, and I think there's going to obviously be a Saudi swing. There, there, there's no question about that. And these are the things you're going to see in 10 years that I, I think it's going to become this more global entity. And you're going to see elevated events that I think are spread possibly across the world. And, you know, this isn't happening next year. Or maybe even by 2029 20, or 30. But this is, I think that's where this is heading in the biggest picture. You know, it, it's been, golf has kind of been this oddly regional by the global standard game. And, and I think that is uh, going to go away in time. Uh, you watch telecasts now, and uh, they still, <laughs> when he was playing, they still followed Tiger Woods. Uh, because he's this magnetic figure that I don't see how they can possibly replace. I, how do you feel about that? Does another all timer, all timer come around at some point? You know, may, maybe. And, you know, that shifts the conversation. I'm sure, kind of in your, like when you were growing up and Jack was, you know, either winning or finishing second in every single major, you know, there had to be the thought that this would never be. No, no one else like this like will ever come around. And how does the game 
replace it. And there was a void, I believe. I mean, that's a little bit before my time. When Tiger won in 97 at Augusta, I was in eighth grade. So, like, but that gap between Jack and then, I'm sure it there was, had to be that void. Of it, like, was, it was, it was, where is the great one? It was Seve and the, and the shark and those guys. Uh, but they yeah, had, Norman didn't, Norman wasn't collecting majors. Like, you know, when Jack was big, he still didn't have any personality. People actually preferred Arnie. They preferred Jack. And Jack was almost like a foil to them. They had people, mm-hmm. want, people, a lot of people liked to see him fail because he was this colossus that was so good and so much better than everybody else. That was his position. Uh, Tiger was mm-hmm. not that. I think everyone rooted for Tiger, didn't, don't you think? Even in his failure, they rooted for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Tiger was unreplicable at both in in talent and um what he represented at the time you know that the fact that he was someone who looked different and it was at a time when the game and really society was kind of evolving into a different you know version of itself you know to kind of see this you know you go back and you read the stuff which i do often that was written in that span from about 96 to 2001 about like everyone trying to understand like what this, what Oh, it was, was, it was, was something. You know, I just, just I, unbelievable. I, I just went back and watched the 97 masters a couple of weeks ago, just to watch the last few holes and him walking up there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was one of the great moments in the history of yeah. sport. And so, it, I, I've been trying to put my finger on why people rooted for him because they did root for him. It was not like he was this magnetic personality, but there was something really charismatic about his presence. And I still can't quite put my finger. And I I think it was his game. I think it was the way he played the game, the the shots he attempted, you know, he he didn't play it safe. He, he, He not only tried, but he executed just, you know, the most challenging shots. And just, he just did stuff. No one had ever seen people love just, and like, the, the, you know, we, we forget now that you know, the distance that he was producing at that time was unheard of, you know, just, just piping two ninety five three woods and getting home in two on par fives that just that no one had ever considered yeah, going when, for. He changed the way golfers worked out. I mean, I, I also mm-hmm. watched 10 cup probably a year ago for the first time in years. And you've got a lot of cameos of guys like Craig Stadler. There were no more Craig yeah. Statlers yeah. after the era of Tiger. The kind of yeah. doughy, yeah. doughy guys that just ended right away. He changed that. So, and I'm, for anyone listening, I highly recommend going back and reading Charlie Pierce's piece on Tiger when he broke out. It was, the, the, it was an Esquire, and it was called uh, "The Man." Amen is the headline, and it's one of the most present pieces of writing. Charlie. Charlie called all of it. He predicted everything that happened. It is unbelievable to read in hindsight. I'll so go back go and read, read that now. Yeah. Um, but to, so to your original question, you know, does the game need someone like that to come around? I, I personally don't think so. And now I'm, I'm a little bit in the silo of I'm at every major. I'm at a you know, number of tournaments a year. I, I, I consume a lot of golf content. I, I feel like the top 20 in the world are talented enough that together, you know, the competition of relative equals, I, I find interesting. The problem is that doesn't really permeate, you know, sports and it does not, you know, that it will not lead sports center that Scotty Scheffler 
wins a second major. It's, it's not, you, you know, be, like it'll be a gonna, big deal, you know, but I, it, it won't be the big thing. It won't be, you know, you know back when you know, Tiger was on the cover of SI three times a year, you know, and it was just this, this thing you couldn't talk about anything other than it. Like I'm probably drawn to say the game doesn't need it because I don't see it happening. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a moot point in, in my mind. It's just, that the best players in the world are so good that I think it's still pretty compelling. And there's just, I, I don't think there is, you know, maybe there's an 11 year old, 11 year old out there somewhere, but well, we, we probably would have known it, but Rose Zhang on the women's side might end up being Caitlin like Clark. the generation, the generational talent that just kind of becomes a fascination at that level. Um, it'd be great for women's golf. And I hope, I hope that happens. And, you know, I wrote a long piece on Rose recently where I'm fascinated by, by her genius and by the, just the, the kind of inner workings of what, you know, I, I, I believe, I think is like what an actual prodigy is. I guess what I'm saying is that I am a typical casual golf follower. I'm the kind of guy who will turn into the majors, tune into the majors, but not anything else. Maybe golf doesn't need me. But that's what's missing with your Scotty Scheffler point. Those guys are not mm-hmm. going to attract me in, and there needs to be one so may, for, to attract me. But maybe they don't need me. Yeah, ahead, I, but I, last, last point I'll make here is that the, the PGA Tour and professional golf isn't, isn't golf. It, that's what makes it a unique sport. Golf yeah. is golf. You can play it and not give two flying shits about who is the best player in the world is. You can go play. I can play, right? And that's kind of the beauty of the game is that if you want to be interested in watching the majors, that's great. But you don't have to watch the majors to still enjoy the game. And, you know, a lot of sports aren't exactly like that. Like, I don't have eight guys to go play baseball with against another group of nine 40-year-old dudes. Like, it's just like, like, yes, you can join leagues and stuff like that. But I think golf is inherently a playing sport more than a viewing This is the Blue-White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't want to let you go without getting a little into college basketball, even though it's June, because that's your other. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea what the hell's going on. (laughs) (laughs) The athletic 
I, I know I'm getting old because I can I always think of you as a college kid at St. Joe's. In fact, you still kind of say golf. You don't really say golf, although it's changing from all those years in Michigan. But, uh-huh. but I don't I'm not going to ask you where you think college athletics is going. I'm going to ask you, do you think it's OK? Because I do. I think NIL is great. And I kind of love the Wild West part of it. I love the chaos. Mm. And I think it's been a long time coming. And while I've got some opinions on how they can put a lid on this with maybe a collective bargaining agreement, a players union, the two uh, SEC and Big Ten coming together and deciding Mm -hmm. on how to put a lid on it, because you could do that with a a players union and a CBU, um, a CBA. Where do you do you have a problem with the, the portal and NIL per se? You covered the Hunter Dickinson thing, which was, you know, the worst kind of the worst kind of example of uh, what people hate about it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things like it, it feels you know, not like not gross, but you're just like, what are we doing here? Like, what the hell kind of way is this to do anything? You know, like it's, and it's, not classic, what NCAA, it's classic NCAA. They kick the can down the road, kick the yeah. can down the road. We all knew it was inevitable. And then, you know, the courts were like, sorry. You have you have to let Americans earn money in America. What the hell is this model, and why was it ever created this way? Yeah, so you know they kicked the can down the road on the transfer portal and NIL, and of course they ended up converging at once, and that is what you've seen in college sports for the last two years: is the fact that there were these two gargantuan things that the NCAA refused to budge on, refused to acknowledge the reality that was coming and instead legislated and just just add more rules or whatever. And boom, they happen at once. And now you get this mess. And I hope we don't lose college sports fans because there are people that want to root for the the, the name on the front of the jersey, the, the school that means a lot to them emotionally. And that it is it, it will be hard for a lot of people to come to the first game or the, the spring game and be like, who are these guys? And go to the first game of the football season and not know 70% of the roster or go to the first basketball game and be like, I didn't know these kids were, you know, like it's going to be hard for a lot of people. So there, I think there do need to be guardrails of some kind. And I hate that word, but there, there needs to be some kind of more, there needs to be more functionality into how this works and more transparency. And, and the, the only way that is available, only- how it's moving. And healthcare for for these athletes, and the only way the is. only way that happens is with a players' union because they have to come. Correct. To you agree with that? One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, where I'm at on college sports right now, is that, you know, I've never, I never particularly cared about college football to a high degree. I enjoy. Well, you went to St. Joe's. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a college basketball guy, though, the thing I've always said is, you know. Uh, my passion for college hoops will always be there until if or when the power conferences mess with the NCAA tournament. Yes. If there's ever a breakaway. Yes. If the NCAA tournament is not what, it, you know, if it, the size of it, I'm not, I don't particularly care. But the second you take out St. Joe's, St. Peter's, UMBC, I'm out. That's when it's over. Because now it's just, that's not college basketball. In my definition of it, it's a, kid, a guy born in 1982 who went to one of those types of schools. You know, I love the fact, I, I actually think St. Joe's going to be pretty good this year. Like, they could be sneaky good. They got a lot coming back. And like, 
there is a good feeling of like, hey man, maybe they can get back in the NCAA tournament. You know, I was a junior in Jameer's year, and it was the best. It was the best, and that's to me is what college basketball is. Well, if Greg Sankey and his boys get their way, oh, I, these mongrels are going to destroy and get and try to sap every penny and say all of it for us, none of it for you. We need to finance football. We need I, to find. We need to buy a backup guard for the basketball team. Yeah. So yeah. we need more money from the NCAA tournament. I really don't think they care. I don't think they give a damn about. I don't the think NCAA they care. Tournament. They are football people, and they're going to make football decisions. And I do care about the size of it because if you see ninety six, you're going to have those low and mid majors pairing off against each other in the opening mm-hmm. round and killing each other off. And ninety six will kill it. It'll be the same thing. So anyway, we've we've overstepped our time limit, I believe. Um, I wish you well, and thanks for being on. I know it's a challenging week for you, and uh, have a great golf season. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.